Welcome back, everybody, to episode 17 of This Week in Japan, presented by Ryu Tokyo. Coming to you live from Lopongi, Tokyo, I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Ryu Tokyo, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. Tokyo is still in the long rainy season, and the weather is really humid today, but I hope you're staying comfortable and enjoy the show as always. Today is July 31st, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories. Visa holding residents will be allowed to re enter Japan. Publicity YouTubers are becoming a problem in Japan. The Abe No Mask is set to return in large numbers. Construction begins on a Studio Ghibli theme park, and you can now reserve a public toilet from your phone. On Wednesday, July 22nd, Prime Minister Abe Shinzo announced that after months of being denied re entry, the government will be aiming to create a plan that allows for foreign residents to return to Japan, possibly starting as early as the end of July. While residents outside the country are happy to hear the possibility of returning to their homes, for many, the government's actions are frustratingly late. Thousands of long term foreign residents in Japan have been separated from their homes and loved ones for months now. The ongoing rigidness from the government, mixed with the fact that Japan has been allowing some tourists in, Business related affairs has led to a large number of dissatisfied residents. Exceptions to the ban, such as spouses of Japanese nationals, those with permanent residence, or those on special permits, are required to show a proof of exiting Japan before the ban was implemented to be allowed back in. Currently, if the plan to allow foreign residents back in passes, the government is estimating a controlled quota of 500 people per day. Returnees will be required to take a PCR test before they depart and upon arriving in Japan. So, in the kind of gaijin bubble, this week, this has been probably the biggest news um, because it's affecting a lot of us foreigners mm. here in Japan.、Mm. Yeah, so technically, you're a spouse of a Japanese citizen, right? I am. Your、yeah. wife is Japanese. Yeah. Which means, like, if you had left Japan a few months ago,、mm. you couldn't have come back to Japan until August.、Mm. It's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, because I'm, I'm not a foreigner, I'm、mm. Japanese, right? So I wasn't really aware of this issue until lately. Mm. But compared to other countries, what Japan has been doing seems a bit too extreme.、Mm. So I read an article about like three major categories of foreign residents. Sure. And the first one is a PR, permanent resident.、Mm-hmm. Second one is like you, you know, spouse or a PR of a Japanese citizen.、Mm-hmm. And the third one are the ones on a you know, working visa or a student visa. And basically, Japan has been saying, No entry, you know, no、mm. to people that belong to all these three categories.、Mm. And, you know, unless you have special reasons for it.、Mm. Yeah, I was just looking at the diagram of like which countries、uh, mm. like restrict like which category of uh, people uh, for,、oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, from like re entering.、Mm. And Japan is pretty much the only like developed country that restrict like、uh, <laughs> all these. <laughs> you know, three categories. So, yeah. yeah. And this is probably why Abe has been, or the you know, current administration has、mm. been、uh, criticized、yeah. from many、uh, foreigners、mm. and by other countries. Yeah. If, like, if I take myself as an example, if I return to England for whatever reason, I at least have some family that I could stay with, you know, and they probably you know, wouldn't want me staying there too long, you know, but, you know, If I really had to, there's probably some places that I could stay and it would be okay, right?、Mm-hmm. But maybe a lot of people don't have that same privilege, you know? And maybe they just went, they went back to their home country, maybe not to see their family, maybe they just had to take care of some business, you know? And the timing was just super bad. 
And then Japan's just like, nah, you can't come back. Sorry. And maybe mm. like, you know, what about their job? They probably got fired because of it, you know? Imagine just not turning up to work for three months because you can't get back to your home. Maybe you've got like a pet or something, you know? Maybe you got a husband or a wife or kids. Mm. Or There's so many things that, that people could have back in Japan. You know, what's unclear about this is that um, if you have special reasons for it, mm. for the re-enter, then they, they allow you to come back. Yeah. But I'm not sure like how like lenient uh, the Japanese government has been uh, on this rule. Well, I only heard one of the main reasons was like if someone passes away, like some of, someone in your immediate family. Okay. If you need to go back for a funeral mm. or something like that. Mm. Which, I mean, that, that tends to be like extenuating circumstances in almost all situations. Mm. Mm. You know, for like school or work, whatever. If someone passes away, then... It's like universally agreed that like that that's totally fine mm. to to kind of bend the rules or whatever, right? Mm. So I mean that's good at least. There's some leniency to it, but it shouldn't take someone to die for you to be able to like <laughs> right. return home and back again. Yeah, I mean I totally understand if if they're worried about the virus, then you know the worst comes to worst, you have to go back and quarantine for two weeks, mm. and then when you come back to Japan, you have to quarantine for another two weeks. Mm. So, you know, you've got to be in quarantine for a month. Yeah, I agree. But, but yeah. like, that's the only logical way to do it safely, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's basically what you're um, asking people to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, before the re-entry, right? Mm. So, you need to have the negative uh, test result. Yeah. Uh, within, like, 72 hours before yeah, your arrival. Yeah. And also, uh, upon arrival, you will also get the, the PCR test. Mm. So, it's a very, like, uh, it sounds like a very rigid process to you know make sure that uh japan won't allow anyone infected from the re-entry yeah yeah well i think just yeah allowing people to come back that were out of the country before this happened right because that was just completely unfair unexpected i would say like in the interest of everyone that is currently in japan don't allow people to return if they've left during the pandemic because that's your choice right i would not choose to go back to england now even if i knew i was allowed to return because it's just stupid, right? <laughs> like, mm. everyone's trying to minimize travel, mm. trying to minimize the contagion, right? right. So it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. If you wanted to go yeah, after the outbreak, then that's on you, you know? So if you're one of those people and you're still complaining, then I don't think maybe you have such a right to do so. Mm. Before, completely understandable. Mm. And I will definitely back you 100%. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a tricky situation, right? But yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, going forward, we'll maybe get some more updates on this story for next week because they still haven't really outlined everything they're going to implement, right? The government kind of talked about it. They said they want to get it implemented soon. But, you know, you know what the Japanese government's like. They're a bit slow to do these kind of things. So maybe we'll be able to give you guys a bit more of a, a clear uh, clarification next week. Okay, so let's move on to our second story of the week. Recently, there have been several problematic YouTubers popping up in Japan. These YouTubers, since named Meiwakuke or Nuisance YouTubers, have been causing various problems for the people they come across. The most recent Nuisance YouTuber goes by the name of Hezumaru and has been on a rampage in an attempt to garner attention. His initial videos were somewhat typical and included travel vlogs or food challenges, but when the views didn't roll in, his videos began to become more extreme. Recently, videos have begun to include things like showing up unannounced at a popular YouTuber's house to harass them and their family to do a collaboration, or reportedly uploading videos of eating stolen goods on YouTube. 
Due to his high amounts of travel, Hezuma Ryu was recently announced to have contracted the coronavirus. Despite this, he continued to travel around his home prefecture of Yamaguchi and meet with people, infecting two of which he had come into contact with. He also managed to infect seven more people he was in contact with in Aichi Prefecture. The governors of both prefectures made announcements concerning the events, spreading his name and encouraging him to continue his attention-grabbing actions. Even after being banned several times for his inappropriate videos, Hazuma Ryu and other nuisance YouTubers like him claim that it only makes them more infamous. He says that if he is banned, he'll simply continue to create newer accounts or go to other platforms, and that YouTube is simply a means to become famous. I think we can all agree that this is the worst kind of person for <laughs> society as a whole, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they give like, I guess like the, the term YouTuber a bad name, mm. but it's not that like YouTubers are problematic, right? I mean, they are in yeah. some ways, but... <laughs> exactly, yeah. But this kind of person, they just recognize like what's the best platform to achieve this kind of result, right? Mm. And it just so happens that YouTube is like that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But this kind of person has been around for a long time, right? Just being meiwaku for people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like there are many, there have been many various, you know, uh, meiwaku mm. uh, type of people, yeah. uh, you know, throughout the history. But yeah, it's just that they now have, uh, you know, digital great huge like digital platform to leverage. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, kind of like sell their name, mm. you know. As a matter of fact, Meiwakuke YouTuber uh, has really been a trending word in Japan, mm. especially this year. And as you mentioned in the article, um, Hezuma Ryu is probably the most notorious one recently. Mm. But uh, it's not only this guy, mm. but there was uh, another guy that almost got arrested called uh, Joe Brogu okay. or Joe Vlog. Joe Vlog. And okay. he almost got arrested. And guess, guess what he did? Uh... I don't know, he stole an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So this guy basically carried a real bed to the famous like Shibuya crossing. Oh, I was going to mention this in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, guy, you knew, yeah. knew about well, it? I thought it was like a crew of people, right? He yeah, had, like, yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. He, yeah. He yeah. and his friends. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah. he was on the bed mm. and he tried to like sleep uh, yeah, yeah. on the bed in the middle of the crossing. That's the edge know? of the green light. And, oh, so, because mm. he, I guess it's his channel, right? Mm. So he takes most of the responsibility. He does. Do you know what happened to the other people? Because there was like four friends, obviously like one on each corner that carried him into the middle of the road. I thought they all got like arrested. Yeah, so they were basically reported to the uh, prosecutor's office. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's this main guy, uh, Joe Brogu, who mm. came up with the, the idea and yeah, did yeah. it. But as to his Ryu, like, do you know like how he got arrested in the end? I don't actually know. <laughs> so it's funny. So uh, he he's done like many bad things. You know, mm. he's harassed so many people, like uh, you know, grabbing them and causing injuries. Mm. Um, you know, shouting in front of like people's apartments, drawing like graffiti on their walls and stuff. Oh wow! Like you know, they're all crimes, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's actually just like a criminal. He's not even he like, he's not he even like Meiwaku YouTuber. Exactly. He's just a yeah. Criminal. <laughs> right. So police was kind of like uh, monitoring him. Mm. And in the end, but I, I thought the last one was kind of funny. So he went into a random uh, supermarket mm. and then he grabbed uh, sashimi mm. and he started eating wow, like okay. inside the supermarket. And he just carried the empty tray 
and then uh, went to the cashier, and he 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 paid the money for mm. it, but he just like um, ate it like uh, yeah. as he walks to the the cashier. Mm. I mean, I, I think that itself that. Uh, act itself is a borderline of like a legal and illegal because he eventually paid paid the money yeah, for it. Yeah, technically but, stole it before you paid for it. Right, right, right. right <laughs> technically, so yeah, that's why he he got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what makes matter worse is that yeah, as you mentioned, he had corona mm. and infected many people around him. Oh man, what an asshole! Mm. <laughs> yeah, there there's no like better word for him, right? I don't. Yeah, he just sounds like an awful person. Mm. But uh, yeah, this is not a trend only in Japan, right? There's there's many people like this. YouTube brings out the worst in a lot of people, I think. Many fame-hungry people. They'll just do anything for people's attention, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, actually, we should probably just mention, because I don't think we did already, but the word miwaku just means like troublesome or trouble mm. in Japanese. But actually, actually, one of my favorite words. I say it quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Just like, that's, that's miwaku. Mm, mm. <laughs> I like the sound of the word, like waku. It sounds a bit like whack. <laughs> I hope that's whack. <laughs> May whack. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're like May Waku, then you're whack. This guy's whack, I think. <laughs> mm. But this this kind of brings up, um, yeah, some, some other references. I guess probably the most famous for you foreigners out there, Logan Paul. Do you remember this guy? Yeah, yeah. Guy coming, he just devastated Shibuya. Mm. Um, what did he do? He put an octopus tentacle on the back of a car, a taxi. Uh, wow. he, he was going around throwing pokeballs at cars. Mm. He he jumped on the back of like uh, those little trucks in the Sukiji. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I saw that market. one. Yeah, uh, he was just doing all kinds of shit. Like mm. he just thought he was like in an anime or something. Mm. I mean, the guy's obviously a bit mentally challenged anyway. Mm. I mean, he's younger than me, but he's like in mid twenties, and he, he behaves like a fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> but he just does every anything he can for attention, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one particularly annoyed me though because he was a foreigner so like mm. a lot of foreigners were like oh god damn it like we mm. already have a tough time trying to you know we want japanese people to take us seriously and all it takes is like one stupid guy to come here and just start <laughs> throwing pokeballs around right mm. <laughs> so yeah kids don't be a meiwaku youtuber because that's whack but like it's just meiwaku right it doesn't need the k i don't think it's too for me it's too or we can just call them like uh you know criminal oh yeah so speaking of things that are incredibly whack let's move on to our next story of the week earlier this year japan shipped out over 130 million cloth masks across japan the two mask per family plan was suggested by Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, and the masks soon became known as Abe no Mask. It now seems that another huge shipment of masks is in the works. The government is currently planning to send out another 86 million masks to daycare centres and nursing homes in Japan. The first wave of Abe no Masks had their own share of controversy. Many people received their masks very late, if at all, and the masks themselves were very small and hard to wear. Citizens were also angry at the massive amount of taxpayer money that was used to implement them. With this new round of masks, it would seem that the same problems are surfacing again. On Twitter, the hashtag Zeikin Mudatsugai, which means a waste of tax money, was soon trending along with the phrase Abe no Mask. Many users expressed their disagreement with the decision to hand out more masks, especially now that they are once again regularly available. One Twitter user wrote, Is Prime Minister Abe just not listening? Tens of millions of feelings clearly not unified. That's a powerful statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not unified. 
but I think this guy's right. Um, I'm obviously the translation is lost a little bit there, it's, um, but it's just tone deaf, isn't it? People mm. don't need more masks. That's not <laughs> that's not what anyone's asking for. The masks that they sent out were comically right. small. Mm. Um, I kind of agree that you know if they're saying they're sending them to daycare centres mm. and in kind of like healthcare places, care homes, mm. then at least it's more of a, a useful purpose for them. Mm. But masks are readily available again. Right. And the masks, they say, if they're the same masks as last time, they're just not good. Mm. Why don't they just buy boxes of regular masks and send them to daycares? Yeah, as you imply, if this was done a few months ago, mm. then it could have made a lot more sense. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to be sarcastic about everything the, the government does. You know, like overall, I support uh, Abe. Mm. And I think he's working hard. But certain things, it's just hard to understand the, the rationale mm. uh, behind them. Not just like these masks, but we discussed go to travel campaign mm, a few yeah, weeks right. ago, right? And it's it's crazy. Like, why would the government want to subsidize the, you know, traveling in Japan now? Mm, mm. You know, why why we need to stay at home? <laughs> we we can go traveling with our new masks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just doesn't like add up. It does doesn't it? make any sense. Any does sense, it? like right? it's, it's literally mm. zero. Mm. The um the hashtag right Zeikin mm. is tax uh, Muda mm. is kind of useless but Muda mm. sky is like to just to use waste, waste waste money yeah, or just to waste, in this basically. case waste tax exactly yeah mm. uh, some of you guys might know Muda from JoJo mm. it's my mission to slip JoJo into every episode of this podcast <laughs> let's but, do it uh, yeah you know Muda 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 so he's basically shouting like useless 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 mm. Mm. Um, but again this is another word that I use quite a lot. Mm. I, like, I like this word, mm. um, but it is, it's just, it is completely Muda, right? It's just such a stupid idea. Right. Um, there's so many other areas of, you know, society that could use this money. Mm. I wonder how much these masks make cost to make because. Yeah. That's what I was wondering too, as a They're not paper, are they? They're cloth. Yeah. So, and they're stitched. So mm. I just it's, it's not that cheap. Yeah. And especially to uh, send them out to mm. like each household mm. uh, or in this case, like nur- nursery or uh, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, definitely more than like 100 yen uh, per mask, I imagine. Probably, yeah. Which is so, quite a lot, right? The- yeah. So let's say like they're, you know, making 86 million masks mm. in this case. Uh, that will be like over like 8 billion yen mm. or it's about like 80 million US dollars. Mm. It's, it's quite substantial. That's a isn't big it? chunk of change, isn't it? Yeah. And I have a feeling that it's actually more expensive than just like 100 yen. Probably, Especially yeah. including like transportation costs. It will be like hundreds of millions of uh, dollars. Yeah. So, you know, it makes me think that if I had a factory and mm. I could produce all these masks, then I would take the deal, you know, uh, as, a, as a businessman. You know, the government, like working with the government is, uh, should be great, right? Mm. They always pay you mm. uh, on time. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of order is like massive. Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking about like tens of, or, you know, if not like hundreds of millions here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a big, it's, it's definitely a big amount. So I think another uh, problem here is that how are these like makers chosen by the government? Well, I would imagine it's all based on proposals. So like uh, not a long time ago, but I used to work for an engineering company. 
and we did some uh, work for the MOD, which is the Ministry of Defence in England or the UK. Unspecified work, but oh, <laughs> we, so we, we did some work for the MOD. You were developing uh, like missiles, and basically, stuff? yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> or if not viruses, right? No, no. It was uh, it was something to do with aviation. I don't want to go into too much detail, but it was not, nothing uh, weapon based. <laughs> uh. But anyway, like this this company that I work for, um, yeah, we basically just had to put a proposal into the government and basically bid for the work. Um, but I think that kind of that kind of thing is quite normal in a lot of instances. Well, I I get that, and I think totally that's totally rational mm. under a normal like circumstance. But what some people are saying is that uh, these like bidding information are not like disclosed to the the public. Oh, okay. Like no yeah. one knew that you know the government wanted the the you know like proposals from mm. the, the companies. So it seems like there is no. Uh, clarity nor uh, mm. fairness could be the yakuza underground <laughs> mask production <laughs> well like I'm, i'm pretty sure they're super careful about it because uh that's the <laughs> last thing you know like literally the last thing they want but but still like it's it's a bit like shady you know yeah i guess so um and it's kind of concerning yeah when it is so much money So we won't be getting any of these masks ourselves, Yasu, right? Because they these are not just for like regular citizens this time. They won't be sending them out. Right. But as you said, we don't need those masks anymore. Yeah, exactly. So. The ones that I got were comically small. But they're sending these to daycares, which, you know, after wearing mine, they only fit children. Mm. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I hope, um, you know, we just hope that the government stops zeking uh, no Mudozukai. Right. Hopefully, hopefully soon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on to some entertainment news next. Construction is finally set to begin on the highly anticipated Studio Ghibli theme park. Once complete, it will feature five different areas based off of the works of animation director Hayao Miyazaki, including Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, and My Neighbor Totoro. The park, which was originally planned to open in 2020, has now been pushed back until 2022. The park will be located in Nagakute City near Nagoya in Aichi Prefecture. There is already an area for the film My Neighbor Totoro located in the park, where visitors can see an exact replica of Satsuki and Mei's house from the iconic Ghibli film. While the park is planned to open in 2022, the prefectural government says that only three areas will be complete to begin with. The remaining two areas, based off of the Princess Mononoke and Kiki's delivery service, will be finished by 2024. Once fully complete, Aichi Prefecture estimates around 1.8 million visitors per year. Well, I'd imagine at the moment that estimate might be a little bit lower mm. than 1.8. But you know, by 2022, we might, you know, all be returned back to a normal, mm. a normal life. Who knows? I mean, I imagine that's, yeah. that's probably the part of the decision to delay this park, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been to the original park, the one that's just the the tutorial um, and the house? Because that's quite that's quite popular. Are you talking about the one in Mitaka? No, 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 no. That's the Ghibli Museum. Right, right. But right. Uh, like we mentioned in the story, that uh, Satsuki and Mei's house in Aichi, there's actually like a replica house. Oh yeah, like I didn't even know about the house. So oh, yeah, really? I, I've never visited. Yeah, it's quite. Po- I've never been because Aichi's a little bit far away from Tokyo. Mm. Um, but if you go on YouTube, there's tons of videos. Oh, uh, about really? it. it looks super cool, you know. And huh. I'm, I'm, I assume you've obviously seen the movies, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's just that house recreated. Hmm. Um, but from what I understand, yeah, this park is going to be like an addition to that area. Hmm. And the, the, the tutorial bit, they're going to kind of spruce it up and add some new stuff, mm-hmm. and then also build these other four 
sections. I see. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to go and check it out. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've wanted to go and check out the house for a while, but, mm. you know, it makes sense for me now just to wait until, you know, might wait for a couple more years and just go see the whole thing together. Yeah, it looks really cool. To be honest, like I didn't even know about the, the construction of this amusement park until recently. Mm. But yeah, it rather made me think like, why haven't they built it earlier? Mm. You know, considering like how popular in Japan and in the, in the world, right? Mm. So he's almost like a, you know, Walt Disney of Japan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, you, you've been to Ghibli no Mori Byutsukan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The museum in Mitaka, right? I've been twice, actually, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been there once with my family, mm. and it was, like, really great. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, there's no doubt that this uh, amusement park is going to be, like, you know, really successful, like, attracting, like, so many people, Absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, maybe the brand, compared to Disney, isn't as big, but it's pretty huge, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I would say that, yeah, once it's kind of up and running. If it was nearer Tokyo, it would just be like unstoppable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think its location is the only thing that letting it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But saying that, I think more people need to stop coming to Tokyo only when they come to Japan. I agree. There's yeah. so many great places in Japan That's a to good visit. Point. So mm. I think the more kind of interesting attractions we have spread out across the country, sure. you know, it's a good place. You know, I guess not that far from Aichi, you've got like USJ in Osaka, right? So mm. that's like another big theme park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, from what I'm aware, like Aichi doesn't really have anything that big, kind of like on the international in, scale. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the amusement park, mm. for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it has like local amusement parks, but like I think so, but everybody not, knows like yeah. Universal Studios, uh-huh, Disneyland, uh-huh, Disney Sea. Uh-huh. It's not as international. Uh, yeah, that's or, what I mean. You know, yeah, it's globally just, known. Yeah, it's just for like locals, right? Everyone mm. knows about it if they're local. But mm. yeah, well, I guess what you really want to do to make big bucks is to attract tourists you know yeah you know whenever they're they're allowed to return to japan mm-hmm. um yeah um so this kind of runs on from we've seen a couple of like themed theme parks so like there's that really cool looking uh naruto ninja village in hyogo where you basically go on like a ninja quest you have to find these scrolls and stuff mm-hmm. um and there's also a massive a nintendo world park being planned as an addition on to a usj in osaka Oh, which I'm super psyched for. Oh wow! <laughs> Have you not seen it? Yeah, I, I didn't know about it. Like, it's like when uh, is it opening? Oh, it was supposed to open before the Olympics this year. Uh, it's almost finished. I keep seeing I pictures, see. like because it's obviously closed off. Uh, but people are like trying to—they're going up into like high buildings <laughs> and like and they're using like super like zoom lenses sure, to like sure. take shots. But it looks—it looks just like Mario World on mm. the uh, on the Super Nintendo. Nice. Remember that game? It looks awesome. Yeah, so I can't great. wait to go there. But yeah, like <laughs> Japan's got loads of these like kind of very specific themed theme parks i guess you could mm-hmm. call them really so yeah this doesn't surprise me that they're going with a ghibli theme park because one of the biggest brands to come out of japan and uh yeah i'm pretty excited to check it out maybe we can even go there and make a video yasu uh, yeah for the for the youtube channel at some point right i hope so mm. so uh yeah a little brief uh, segue there but if you guys are listening and you want to watch some japan related content then check out ryu tokyo on youtube so on to our final story of the week A new technology is coming to Japan that may revolutionize the way we go to the bathroom. Starting this Thursday, the 30th of July, Yokohama Station will be implementing the first toilet that can be reserved remotely. This service will be called Kudia and is developed by the venture company Dushan. Reservations can be made via Line, the most common messaging app in Japan. 
Once reserved, the door will auto-lock for around 10 minutes until you arrive. Directions to the bathroom and directions for unlocking it will be displayed via your Line app. Not only will this provide a sense of security for those rushing to the bathroom, but it will also reduce the number of people trying to open the door when in use, which can be quite distracting for those inside. One in 10 people in Japan suffer from irritable bowel syndrome and a flare-up can happen suddenly. Being able to reliably reach a nearby toilet can be a monumental help. Representatives of this project are hopeful that this technology can become widespread throughout the country following its experimental trials, which are due to run until August 30th every day from 2pm to 7pm. Did you ever think that we needed a reservable toilet, Yasu? <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, I never had this kind of like serious uh, issues as mm. far as I remember. Maybe when I was a little kid. Yeah, maybe, I mean, but... you know, sometimes, you know, I don't realize how much I need the toilet until mm. it kind of dawns upon me. And right. then, you know, it's just kind of rush. Mm. But this statistic kind of surprised me. One in 10 people suffering from irritable bowel syndrome. Right. Seems quite high. Mm, I I think that this number is a bit off. Mm. Um, I mean, like, it's just um, seems like too many. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, it, it was the, the statistic quoted in uh, a couple of articles that we referenced, right? right. But maybe the severity of people's disorder... Yeah, that's what I thought. ...could be, yeah. you know, could, it, it could vary quite a lot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is that, for example, I am lactose intolerant. mm and although I think I don't have this syndrome, you know, because of uh, that, mm. w- when I, you know, drink or, you know, have dairy like products, mm. then like, you know, my, I have some like digestion, uh, digestion problem. Oh, okay. So do you think maybe that some of these people, they're not, maybe don't have irritable bowel syndrome, but they don't realize that they have an allergy? Yeah. Like so if you, if we can call like a lactose intolerance, a kind of like allergy, but, but yes. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, maybe the phrasing is bad. I guess I don't have any of these intolerances, so I don't, I don't really think much about how they're referred to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not really, so it's not really an allergy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it could, it could be. Maybe they got this number just from a survey and it's just, it asks, you know, like how many times you go to the bathroom or yeah. know, do you ever uh-huh. feel like you just suddenly need to go to the mm-hmm, toilet? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the root cause could be many things, right? Mm. It's an interesting concept though, I guess. You know, just trying to solve problems for people that I agree. Them. Yeah. And I think for for some people, like I'm not sure like how many of them are in Japan. Mm. But um, you know, I was reading some some comments from the CEO of this mm. company and in his case it's quite severe because uh he himself has uh IRS. I mean he's yeah. suffering from IRS. And in his case, he needs to go to the, the bathroom like at least like several times a, a day. Yeah, well, I mean, it would make sense that the person who invented this system suffers from this issue, right? Yeah, and I also saw their website, and their corporate uh, tagline is and which means, like, creating a world with no pooping in your pants. (laughs) (laughs) And... Morasanai. Morasanai, yeah. Morasu means, like, uh, you know, moreru means to, like, leak. Oh, I get it now. So, you know, if you say, oh, you, you, morashita, then you kind of like poop in your. Oh, I've never heard it in that context before. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not, not only for pooping, but, uh, peeing as well. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny. It's not funny, but just yeah. the, the phrase is funny. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny that we're, you know, having this discussion on, on our show. But, this is big news of the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this um this founder is quite serious about solving an issue for many people uh, mm. who are suffering from this syndrome. Yeah. So in his case, he can't re- really even travel uh, far mm. because of this syndrome. Yeah. Know? He's always afraid that uh, he may like morasu, mm. uh, you know, because of the syndrome. Oh, uh, okay. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm more curious um, w- what the system is actually like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess for something like this to work, you need to have a lot of toilets spread out quite evenly, right? I think so. Yeah. So for someone like him, yeah, if he feels that maybe he can't, yeah, go such a great distance, then you would have to, you know, along that distance, you would need to have several of these, you know, toilets available. Mm, mm. Um, but I mean, he can still use regular toilets, so it's not the end of the world. That's true. Um, it's just an, like kind of an insurance. Right? Yeah. But I do find that public bathrooms in Japan are really quite available quite, in quite a lot of places. Because I feel like I've never had to rush to the toilet because I know where one is I can get to one. But maybe that's the difference between me and him, that he has to be like right next to it, mm. like, possibly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I feel sorry for him in this situation. So it's, it's, a good, it's a good idea for people that are kind of suffering with this, I guess. Mm. It's interesting experiment as well. I think um, so. One yeah. thing that I just wonder is like, if you could lock, if the door locks for 10 minutes, mm. then there's only, that's like six times an hour. Mm. And for this trial, they're op- only open for five hours a day. Mm-hmm. So technically only like 30 people can go in that one bathroom in that one day. Mm. But even when they're open, like if they were to be open like all the time, mm. minimizing the time to 10 minutes mm. makes it, less usable right mm. so it's not a problem because i guess people with this syndrome are not as common but as long as as long as regular people don't start using them i guess mm-hmm. not not regular people <laughs> but as long as people that don't need to use them mm. don't use them mm. that, that might cause a problem right mm. um, and when they haven't been reserved i'm wondering will you just be able to walk in and use it like a regular bathroom i guess there's some kind of details that are still not specified yeah yeah I, I think this is more complicated than uh, it sounds. Right? It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's weirdly complicated. Isn't and it? as you mentioned, uh, for it to actually, you know, help people with this syndrome, mm. uh, they would probably need uh, many places that have, you know, this system installed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I, I'm very uh, curious to check it out, uh, you know, when I get the chance to visit Yokohama. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe I'm passing through there on Saturday. Maybe I'll I'll go through. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, <laughs> make a video. <laughs> yeah, so certainly interesting. Uh, well, that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into the final segment of the show, Word of the Week. Okay, so I have an interesting old Japanese expression today. And the word of the week is kitsune no yomeiri. Kitsume no yomeiri. Yomeiri. Mm. So you know what a uh, kitsune is? Kitsune, fox. Mm. Okay. And yome is what? Yome. 
I don't know, actually. Yo, yome is a, a bit like traditional sounding uh, word for your wife. Oh, okay. Yome. Mm. Uh, mm. I feel like I learned that reading for the kanji. I never used it. Okay. It's, kind of it's, it's somewhere in the deep pits of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know. And Igi uses a kanji for uh, to enter. So mm, okay. basically, uh, yome is like to get married okay. uh, as a woman. Mm. You know, it's not used for men. Okay. You know. So when it's combined, it means something like a fox getting married. Right. Or female fox getting married. Okay. So the question is, what's, what's the meaning behind it? What's the meaning? All right, I'm going to go for a stupid answer first. Because, <laughs> you know, in like English, we say so, someone is foxy. Oh. That they're like attractive. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say my, my, my generation. But yeah, you, you all know the, uh, the Jimi Hendrix song, right? Foxy uh-huh, lady. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I like that song. Uh, I won't sing it due to copyright reasons. But you all, you all, know, you all know the song. <laughs> um, uh, the actual meaning Mm. Oh man, this is tricky. Yeah, this is very tricky. So um, I give you a hint, please. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something weather related. Weather related. Mm. Do you need a, another hint? Uh, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Don't okay. make it too easy. But um, you know that in Japan, like fox and or uh, raccoons, mm. they have some like magical power to tr- trick people. Mm. You know, changing their appearance. Oh yeah, okay. And and things like that. Oh okay. So it's it's not like related to like uh you know changing appearance, but the fact that they have like some, you know, bizarre like magical power. Hmm. And it's to do with the weather. Hmm. That second clue just made it more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me let me break this mm. down. Okay. So you're a woman. You're gonna get married. And you're also a fox and you can change, you can shapeshift. Um, and foxes are quite sneaky, right? They're quite cunning. Mm-hmm. So is it something to do with like, you know, pretending to be someone that you're not to, in order to get married? Or like after you've gotten married, reverting back to your true self? Yeah, that's an interesting guess. And there are uh, different like interpretations as well. Mm. But let's say in the context of like weather, mm. you know, this is used to describe a certain like weather. I, I don't know. Definitely I I... not a sunny day, right? Not like cloudy day, uh, not a rainy day. So what is it? Snow? It's windy? <laughs> Okay. Humid. So, humid. <laughs> How many yeah. types of days yeah. are there? You, you, you've tried, right? <laughs> so the, the answer is the sun shower. Sun shower. Interesting. Mm. Okay, go on. <laughs> so um, there are different theories as to the origin of this saying. Mm. But traditionally, uh, in Japan, as I said, they, they have like magical powers. You know, when it's sunny and raining, it does look a bit like illusional, doesn't it? Mm, like yeah. it's very bizarre right yeah i mean it happened to me last week i think we were out filming a video right a and few days yeah. ago yeah, yeah yeah so i almost said oh this is the kitsune no yomei oh i remember the time yeah you said right that. Uh, yeah, yeah because remember, it was yeah. sunny outside yeah yeah yeah. but still like raining oh okay interesting yeah so uh some you know uh people in the past mm. like attributed such illusional weather to the magical power of uh foxes Okay. Yeah, and they thought that like uh, foxes are trying to like trick you, mm. you know. 
So that's one of the theories for the origin of uh, Kitsune no Yomeiri. Mm. But uh, some other people thought that a new fox couple is having a wedding during mm. the, the sun shower. Oh, that's quite cute. Right. I, like, I like that meaning. Yeah. It's quite sweet. So although, you know, there are uh, several like different theories mm. as to the, the origin of this word. Yeah. Uh, most people in Japan know mm. this expression. Interesting. Mm. I like that though. It's like, yeah, because when, when you see that kind of thing, it definitely feels somewhat magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. Especially like, you know, back in the olden days of any country, right? Whenever like weird things happened. Mm. people just had no explanation. So they just made up these stories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think so, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Well, you truly bamboozled me this week, Yasu. <laughs> so um, I guess that kind of makes up for last week. I kind of, I did all right last week, I think. Yeah, you passed. Yeah. Yeah. You got, what, three out of five? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was too good for you, right? You wanted me to fail. So yeah. you, you had to just crush me. Yeah. <laughs> With some it's always Japanese. fun, like, you know, you're trying to figure out what, like, some random Japanese word mean. Yeah, always fun. And I'm always learning something new every week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Whichever platform you're listening to at home, make sure you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. So we are releasing new videos every week on our U Tokyo YouTube channel. So check them out. So stay healthy, stay safe, everybody. And uh, next time you're out for a nice socially distanced walk in the countryside, if you see some rainy sunshine, think Kitsune no Yomiiri. Maybe there's some foxes off somewhere in a magical place getting married. <laughs> so be sure to check back next week, the very next episode of This Week in Japan.